Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, joining us today is the Jabba Brothers. These guys are crazy passionate about independent filmmaking. I actually met them face-to-face at the American Film Market a few years ago, and I've just been blown away with the amount of content that they're continually producing. Um, their their ability to self-promote is through the roof. And if you're ever looking for you know some people um, to serve as an example of, of some things that you can do through social media to get your your name recognized. Uh, the Jabba brothers are certainly there. Hey guys, I'm so happy to have you guys on the, on the uh, podcast today. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having us, brother. And you guys are interesting too, because you're not in Los Angeles. I know, I know we met at the American film market in LA, but you're based in Florida, correct? Yeah. And so what is it that keeps you in Florida rather than moving out to Los Angeles? Well, we're from here. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than LA. <laughs> Because what now with the internet, with the internet and everything, and how cheap it is to film, you don't technically believe that we need to go to California to produce content. We are producers, directors, so we're able to direct kind of wherever we're at with the technology of social media, with how cheap things are. We kind of have a, our foot in with people here. So, and I'll be honest, Jason. Like I'm a big believer that if you want to play in the field of, you know, say like the NFL per se, you got to get out there and play in the NFL, right? So with film, it's getting out to the markets, it's getting out to the festivals and the top festivals and networking with the people that are actually doing it. So we have an understanding that, yeah, we can stay in Tampa and and build our thing here um, and at the same time travel out to some of these markets and these events and network with the right people to build connections to the money or the distribution or whatever aspect that they're looking for what we're looking for to work together, you know? Right. So you're able to produce decent content and then you just take it out as fully finished product and, and look to look for ways to move it. Um, because when I met you guys too, you guys did something unorthodox. You had a booth at AFM. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we were a little bit nuts in that way. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a thing behind it. Like, all right, if we're going to go in, let's go all in. And people are going to see that, like, yeah, we're serious about this. Even if we're not ready for it. You know what I mean? I'm a big believer on the aspect, like for me, at least for me, I, I wasn't a big fan of school. So learning from a textbook or learning from, which I learned a lot of, off, actually off of your podcast and stuff and your, your stuff you did back, back in the day when I was out humping concrete. Um, but I'm a big believer on getting out there and getting your feet wet, like just diving in and, and learning how to swim, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and talk about that time that you were at AFM. Did you guys get any traction on anything? I'll be honest, not at all. We got our ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we got to actually meet you in person. We got to meet uh, Dove S. Simmons actually in person, which is really cool. And, and meet Tom Malloy as well, who you work with. So um, it, it wasn't a bust, but it was more or less, we didn't, we didn't sell anything to the buyers. If that, if that, if, if, if we were going there to get sales, we didn't get sales, but at the yeah. same time we built some connections and, uh, learned a lot, you know? Yeah. So what was that like leaving AFM without, you know, fulfilling your goals beyond just meeting a few people? It had its good and its bad. Like we were left with a high on the aspect of like, I think the, the the day of, like, the end of the AFM, we were kind of like, man, <laughs> what the hell? Because it's expensive, as you know. 
to get a booth. And uh, we put our own money into that. You know, we don't come from a, a family of, of money or anything like that. So that's our own hard-earned money that we put into it. Um, and then it kind of wore off in the aspect of, okay, you know, it's, it's part of our journey. It's part of where we're at and where we're heading. And we learned a lot. We, we kept actually pursuing some of the buyers, but we never got the sale. <laughs> I, I really commend you guys for just going out and, and doing what you could do. And as you rightly pointed out, you made some connections and now people know who the heck you are. That's true. <laughs> so was that the impetus for, because I, I think you guys were trying to sell a TV series when you were there. Is that the same TV series that you talked about earlier with the Ouija board? No. So the, the show that we have up, it's on Amazon. Uh, it's called Haunted Tours. And we were selling it at the AFM. Yes, that was one of the projects. But as you know, AFM is more of a, a movie market. So we had about like, I want to say like eight movies under our belt that we were uh, trying to sell. There were a lot of low budget horror type stuff and, and really didn't get no traction. But but to answer your question, the Ouija boards is something we're working on now. So we're a big believer on owning your content. And that's what we've been doing with a lot of the, the shows and then pushing it out there through Amazon and, and, and some of the self platforms. Yeah, I think pushing things through Amazon's we've really removed a barrier to entry with that. Yeah, I agree because you can go direct to consumer, you know? Yeah, you don't have to go through any sales agents or aggregators or distributors or any of that kind of stuff. But on the flip side of it, you you also have to promote the heck out of it. So what do you guys do to promote? Yeah, we use social media. A big platform I like to use is Facebook just because if you ask anybody, they have Facebook for the most part. I know Instagram is more popular now and there's other platforms you can you can play around with, but I've mastered Facebook. So I've done a lot of my, you know, marketing on Facebook. Do you guys do paid ads or what do you do on Facebook specifically? Yeah. Yes. And, and how do you do your paid ads? What do they look like? The paid ads look like, um, depending on what you have and what show you're marketing, you know, marketing is a, is a, a full conversation in itself. I would say in diving too deep with people, it may get confused, but just to break it down a little bit, it's just learn how to run a Facebook ad, a basic Facebook ad, target a market. So our market was paranormal fans and it was haunted tours. So what we did was we targeted paranormal fans and people who like horror and haunted stuff. So like shows like ours, Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Lockdown, so you target people who like those shows. And then people who take an interest in that what happens is our show pops up on their newsfeed and they're like, oh, a new show. Oh, it's on Amazon. Amazon's one of the biggest platforms. So they click the button. It goes right to the Amazon Prime link. I was going to say, do you primarily use boosted posts or do you do um, you get into the Facebook ads manager? Yeah. You never want to boost your ads from the front. You never want to boost the post. You always want to do it from the back end just because. It's just the most professional way to do it. So talk, talk to me about targeting here. And, and our listeners, you know, I talk about marketing all the time. So I really nerd out about some of this stuff. So when you're targeting your own, you're targeting people that would be interested in your type of content. What kind of criteria do you look up? Do you look up Amazon as, as also a targeting um, data point? Yes. So we've marketed our own stuff as well as other films too, because we've gotten really good at it. So people come to us for marketing their projects as well. What we do is, yeah, you target people who have Amazon Prime. So people who have Amazon Prime, who like ghost adventures, who like paranormal shows, it's going to get in front of them. And then they see a show and, whoa, our trailer pops up on their news feed. It just keeps popping up. Bang, they click it. It goes right to Amazon Prime. I don't, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what we do. I mean, there's other deeper elements to it, but 
for the most part, that's all it is. One of the things when it comes to advertising is you spend a whole bunch of money and you hope to get that money back and then some. So how do you guys track your results? And like, how much are you really spending though? Facebook is not that much. So okay. well, let's just say you spend 20 bucks. Well, no, it's not going to work. Okay. Yeah. What, no, you what can't. would work? So there's a, there's a, there's a small strategy to it. Like you can't spend 20 bucks. You, you have to at least spend a minimum, at least spend 500 bucks. You said yeah. 500 or a hundred? Yeah. 500. Okay, five hundred dollars. You know, we've spent we spent a couple thousand for our marketing, right? But we know that we're gonna make we we know we at least break even or make more on our projects, at least at one platform. And how do you track that though? Because the Amazon sales stats, like once you send people to Amazon, you kind of lose them, right? Yes, you do. You you but you get you get like the views. So okay, a haunted tours the trailer got I don't know like around five hundred thousand views on it. And then you can see how many shares. Okay, it's very engaged. People are sharing and people are commenting. You know, there's no definite way to really track it, but you can track the Amazon numbers. And then from there, you can see the traction of Amazon going up. So if you know it's doing well, you hammer more money on it just to boost up on Amazon. And then it, it's like it shows up on Amazon too. Plus, reviews are really important on Amazon as well. Right. So you're getting all your social shares and stuff on, on Facebook. But then on Amazon, you're hoping that people are going to write reviews and do their own sharing just out of Amazon as well. Well, we're not hoping. You know, we, we'll call people and we'll say, hey, yo, leave a review. You know, we don't just like hope, okay, people are going to watch my show and it's like they're going to leave reviews. Like, no, we go and we let we let people know, hey, would you, did you see our show? Could you leave us a review? Like we hammer that because it helps. And that's the gorilla aspect of it. So I'll go through and actually message people individually, my friends, and just say, hey, check out our show. Love to love for you to leave a review and just do that because in the initial month of your push, you want to get as much traction as you can. And if you can hack Amazon by getting a ton of reviews um, and, 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 and having a lot of clicks going to that link, I mean, you're going to trend. And if you can become trending, then it, it's going to pop up in other people's feeds through Amazon. So it's, it's kind of hacking the Facebook through the Amazon, the reviews, you know? Yes. So like, if you have a good project, you have a good project. So like, we marketed our sh our movie Terror Talk, which is on Amazon Prime as well, and a big site picked it up on like I think it was um, MovieTrailers.com or MovieTrailers on YouTube or something. And they have a ton of subscribers, so that helped because it kind of got trending up on uh, IMDb because IMDb owns or Amazon owns IMDb now. So if you just don't know, like if you have a if you have a bad show, you can only market it so well until it just doesn't until it falls off and people will just give it bad reviews. So our, like our last show, Share Scare, didn't do as well. Well, it's on it tours. It just didn't. So from the beginning, if you have something good and you want people to see it, you know, you get people to leave reviews. So if you have 20 reviews and you have a lot of um, views on the trailer, people take more interest. And if it is good, people will watch it and then it can trend. But if it's bad, it's just bad. Yeah, you're going to get bad reviews and then it's going to drop down and you'll it's going to go to the wasteland of Amazon, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting. That, and I appreciate you guys both. And I'm sure our listeners do as well for being so transparent, because you said the part about, you know, the bad content. I think I think as filmmakers and content producers, we all want everything to be a breakout hit. And it's so disheartening when things don't work out. It's almost like you can't believe that your project failed, but yet it did. The market just didn't support it. So how do you guys get over that kind of rejection? We realized, you know, we just don't get attached to the project anymore. We love it. And we love doing it. We love the process of filming it and marketing it. And then 
it's going to do what it's going to do. It's like going to the AFM. Like, you put all your eggs in that basket. It's like, okay, someone's going to pick up a film. Someone's going to pick up our film, and we're going to make it big. And then what happens? You don't make it big, you know, because this is like, what, 10, 20 years of making it big. And then do you still make it big? <laughs> you know? So it's, it's coming to the foundation of, like... It's a journey, man. I, yeah. I think for us at this point... You know, we just got to speak at Toronto International Film Festival. So it's one of the things, it's, it's part of the process and it's part of the learning. I'm sure you had a ton of things that you, failures and rejections. And it's, I mean, it's constant. Like failure and rejection is just, it's like every day. So you almost get, for me at this point, it's, it's like, yeah, okay, like, sure, whatever. And then you just keep making calls or you keep pushing to the next one. And then I think the biggest thing is sticking with it because all you need to do is be right one time. You know, you can have a thousand rejections, but if you're right one time, boom, you so, got your hit. Yeah, so I thought Share Your Scare was going to do better than Haunted Tours, but it didn't. So it's like, all right, didn't work. You know, we can't, we're not going to do a season two. It just doesn't make sense for our independent studio. Think about it. We have a studio in Clearwater. We produce a full show out of our studio, market it on Facebook, put it on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's, just, it's a full functioning studio. So you technically don't need to be in Hollywood. You don't need to be anywhere. You can do that from anywhere in the world. You can do that in, you know, nowhere. You can do that in, like wherever. So like the biggest thing is just like having no excuse. Yeah. Film with your phone, go make something. At the end of the day, you have no excuse. You know, who's really holding you back at the end of the day? I think that's the biggest thing. So we're doing Ouija board confessions. So we're gonna, I think now we think, okay, well, that one's going to do really well. You know, Ouija boards, it's cool. It looks way better than Share Your Scare and Haunted Tours. The production value is great. It has that, you know, niche. I can target people who like Ouija boards, you know, and I'm already, you know, thinking about the marketing and it's like, it's going to be, you know, a full season, put on Amazon, bang, do the same thing. And if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. I'm not... I'm I'm not attached to it. And I think the biggest thing for filmmakers to look at too is now anybody can be their own, I call it like little independent mini studio, right? So if we think more entrepreneurial as, as filmmakers, we can be our own independent studios, even out of our house and, and make little shows and create content at the level we're at and continue to grow. And as you build, you learn and you get better and then you make mistakes and then something hits and you get that another gust of wind and you're like, yeah, all right, we're, we're you know, it's, it's part of our journey, and then it's a continuation process, like like a roller coaster ride, you know, of ups and downs and and life. It's like life. You know? Well, the biggest thing here is to not give up. I mean, that's what I'm hearing with you guys. If you can give up, but then you just don't enjoy it. You shouldn't do it if you sh if you don't enjoy it. So why would you give up on something you enjoy? Like if you enjoy playing guitar, would you give up on it? Or would you keep playing guitar? I'd probably keep playing guitar. And you're right, and, and enjoy it at the end of the day. Like yeah, even if I was terrible, was like I, I wasn't a great skateboarder, for example. I have a broken arm, but I love skateboarding. You should, right, but you're not going to be a pro. You should give up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to keep pushing forward. But you guys, yeah. know, are, you know, what is it that defines professional? And I, I know we could go on all day and this is getting a little philosophical, but, you know, you said it best. You created out of Florida a mini motion picture studio. You develop, you produce, and you distribute your content on the Amazon, which, by the way, is nothing to sneeze at. I'm almost of the opinion that at least for your first films, before you have some sort of major studio backing or major investors, you should absolutely just build product for Amazon. Dude, people's expectations are too high when they come in the film industry and they have not made anything or they made one thing and it's not that good, but they want to get on Netflix. It's like, what are you talking? You don't, you're not making any sense. Amazon Prime is a huge platform. You know, I'm hanging out with a friend and 
She's like, yeah, like they put on Netflix or Amazon Prime. They don't know the difference, but a filmmaker's like, no, I have to get on Netflix. You know, we're all looking for validation. Yes, and I was just going to touch on that because it feels like it's almost because they can't get in there and there's a gatekeeper there that they want that validation of like, oh, I'm accepted by Netflix when, okay, I could just take my product to Amazon right now, do the cover art, get the, the files I need for the trailer, the, uh, get the caption I need, and then just throw it up on um, uh, throw it up on Amazon and direct market to a, a, a consumer, which to me makes the most sense. I don't understand when people say that. I mean, I get the aspect of it, like oh, I'm on Netflix, and it's like yeah, you know, you get a licensing fee or whatever they license it for for a year or two. But it just doesn't make sense to not believe in yourself so much to take it to that next level. And, and you become a mini studio where you're doing the marketing, you're doing the post-production, you're doing the pre-production, you're doing the financing, and, and you're, you're, you're pushing it out to the marketplace and, and, and taking it to that next step. We're not talking about filmmaking here. Like, we can teach you how to make a film. We can do all that. Like, we produce full shows, like seven episodes, five episodes, full movie. You know, people who haven't made a film before are like, whoa, that's so cool. You know, but how are we able to do it? We didn't do it with any money. Well, speaking of that, so you're not working with any money, but you're able to like just create and by any money, I'm sure you're spending some money, but you're able to yeah. create these products that make business sense. And, and the reason why is because your budget's so low, you don't have to recoup a whole lot of money to get back. Correct. Yeah, we break even. And I'll be honest with you, I was just speaking to a distributor at Toronto, and everybody's saying the same thing. Everything's condensing. Because of the digital, all the budgets almost need to condense. But if you look at the gear and you look at the film game, everything is condensing. The only thing that's not condensing is the film crews on a certain aspect because people think you need 100 people out there or you need 30 people when you don't. You can go and make something on a documentary style crew and make good quality content with very simplistic sound gear and uh, visuals. And if you know what you're doing, you can put out a good product and then take it to marketplace. If I'm a filmmaker and I'm deciding on my next project, do I go out and raise a lot of money and do that kind of thing or do I just stick with a backyard indie? What, Jason, what do you have access to? So maybe you know a guy who shoots and maybe does commercial work and maybe he's never produced or filmed a feature. Maybe he has the gear. Maybe you can say, hey, you want to come on my feature and then I'll make you a producer. Don't limit yourself, right, as a filmmaker. Like, if you're going to go make a movie, do your best. Like, go if you got access to a million bucks, go get that money. Whereas we were more creative. We had trouble finding the money, so we put a lot of our own money into it and then built our own engine. I don't think we had trouble finding the money. I really didn't think we wanted to take anybody's money. If you've never, if you've never made a film and you get a million bucks, what, like, do you even know what to do with the money? Do you, do you really know what to do with the money? I think you have to ask yourself those questions. Or can you actually have a great time, go produce a film for 2000 bucks, spend 1000 or 2000 on marketing on Facebook, put it on Amazon, put, put it on Amazon Prime. So this is our strategy. We produce a show for two to 5000 spend a couple thousand marketing it. We know we're going to at least break even. We had fun doing it. People will talk to you if you have a full show on Amazon Prime or a movie. But if you're just like talking about ideas and like, okay, I have a short film where I have ideas. Yeah, maybe we'll talk to you, but you look more solidified with when you've done something because they say, look, this guy went out, he did it himself on his own money. I will take the time. I will take the meeting to talk to him. That's what I believe. And I'll say too, it's building a foundation, right? Like we just talked about. So it's building a body of work that people can trust you with that money. And like Jake said, if you have a million bucks, do you really know what to do with it? I know when we made our first feature house guest, we would have lost a lot of money because we wouldn't have known what to throw it into. Now, at this point, you give me $5 million, I'll know exactly what to spend it on because I've been through the process of losing money, 
Uh, I've been through the process of uh, understanding distribution and knowing people in distribution and knowing the sales aspects and understanding the production and, and what goes into it and SAG and all this other crap that you got to learn as far as you're going into it. So I would say, like, like we were talking about before, produce the level you're at and start producing because that's going to build a body of work that people can trust you with. And who knows, maybe you're Robert Rodriguez, maybe you hit it, maybe you hit a, a, a project, you don't limit yourself and you submit it to some festivals and you get in a top festival. Or you're, you made a little crappy independent film and you got it on Amazon and you made some money and you make more than what you spent into it and now you throw it into the next production and you, you've got a, a body of work working for you. Hey, and um, you know, before we get off this podcast today, I know you guys are working on a really cool event that's coming up in Florida. Could you just give our listeners a little overview of what you have? planned? Yeah. So the event we're doing is called the Hack in Hollywood Pitch Fest. It's going to be in Clearwater, Florida. And so it's going to be uh, learning how to package, pitch, and, and, and find financing from people that have done it. Um, so there's going to be a lot of workshops, panels. I'm going to have social media uh, influencers there that are making money off of their uh, social media following. And at the same time, uh, network and, and meet great people within the industry and expand um, expand who you are as a filmmaker. That sounds fantastic. And I, gu- I guess the question is, where do people go to actually find out more? If they want to check it out, they can visit jalbertbrothers.com, which is J-A-L-B-E-R-T brothers.com. Awesome, guys. I appreciate you coming on Filmmaking Stuff today. Appreciate you, my brother. Take care. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.